Hello, and thank you for listening to the Vineyard Church Springbrook podcast of Vineyard Church right here in Alcoa, Tennessee. If you haven't already, you can check out our website for more information about our church or find our audio archive with all of our previous messages at www.vineyardchurch.us. You can also subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts. Now, let's hear this week's message. Today we have two scripture readings. Our first one comes from John 16, 5 through 10. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I have told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because of the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you all into the truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. This is the gospel of Christ. Thanks be to God. All right, our second reading today comes from 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hi, uh, we are in a sermon series the last couple of weeks, I think we have one more week after this, um, called The Spirit-Filled Life, uh, where we are intentionally turning our eyes toward the person and work of the Holy Spirit uh, for a few weeks. And I'm still super excited about it. I want to start off today with a story. Um, Almost a decade ago, I think, uh, my friend Sarah Stokes and I, we were young life leaders uh, at a a high school in town together. And one of our high school friends that we hung out with through Young Life, uh, she calls us and asks if we'll go meet her for frozen yogurt. uh, because she wanted to talk about something. And so we're like, absolutely, this was sort of a normal occurrence. And and, and so we do. So we go, uh, and I'm expecting the usuals. I'm expecting struggle at home or struggle at school or struggle with identity or just the things that high school kids struggle with, which actually, honestly, now that I work with adults, are all the same struggles, just our struggles grow up and get bigger and kind of fatter and get a mortgage. So, um, But um, it, I'm expecting the usual things. And so we sit down, we sit down with this girl, and she starts talking about about her anxiety, and uh, she says, I was just wondering if you would pray for me. I have so much anxiety about getting baptized by the Holy Spirit um, so that I can be a full Christian like the rest of my family, and I'm so anxious because it hasn't happened for me yet. And I was like, what? And that was totally unexpected, like completely different than anything I thought she would say. And honestly, I had no earthly idea what she was really talking about. Um, this is awful 
to say, but in that moment, I would have been more comfortable uh, with her saying she was failing chemistry or her parents were getting divorced or she thought she was pregnant. Not to belittle those things as like easy things, just I had experience talking with teenagers about those things and, and I knew about those things and I felt comfortable talking about those things, but not this. This was really new and really uncomfortable. And thank God for Sarah uh, who started, Sarah just like immediately started asking questions and she entered in and, and it was so beautiful and meanwhile, I'm trying to like excuse myself to go to the bathroom so I can Google what is baptism of the Holy Spirit and how does it make you a full Christian? Um, what happened in this conversation through Sarah's amazing leading um, was that uh, we got more of the story. And what we learned was that our friend came um, from a Pentecostal background. And um, in her family, in her church, she had been taught that there was a second work of the Holy Spirit that happened in someone's life that resulted in a really visible experience, most often uh, speaking in tongues, um, as this like visible sign of the power of the Spirit. The second thing that happened that, that brought you into fullness uh, as a Christian. And, and most often it, it looked like speaking in tongues. So uh, for me, speaking in tongues wasn't super a super new idea. I had a really powerful experience as a kid where I was in this prayer circle in England and all of these people prayed in tongues. It was so beautiful. I could like cry talking about it. It was so, it's still like a really powerful thing to me. Um, and I also, uh, uh, when I first came to the vineyard and heard about charismatic things, I had done tons of research and I, I felt like I, I understood what I thought about uh, speaking in tongues, but but. Uh, I had no idea that that there was an idea out there that you wouldn't be a full Christian until you spoke in tongues. Like I considered myself a full Christian and I'd never spoken in tongues. And so it was all super confusing to me. And so this conversation with this girl almost a decade ago threw me into years of study and research and questioning around this idea. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Uh, today, since we're in a series talking all about the works and person of the Spirit, it makes sense to me that we would try uh, together to answer this question. Um, the truth is this, all practices and denominations of faith, they all have their own takes on it, their own doctrines around it, thoughts about it, theologies uh, with it. And so what I want to do today is what we do a lot. I want to take a really zoomed out view at the baptism of the Spirit, and then I want to zoom in and take a view at where we stand at, at Springbrook in the vineyard and uh, things like that. So before we jump in, if baptism of the Holy Spirit is um, a totally new phrase for you that you have never heard before, that's okay. We're going to talk about it today, so it's perfect timing, and, and and my hope is that we won't leave you behind, but if we do, please call me, and, and I would love to engage more on this. Um, second, if baptism of the Spirit is something really triggering for you, um, that's also okay. Uh, we are going uh, to, or my hope here is that we will um, have some redemption and some renewal and some hope around what might have been misexplained to you in the past or misused, uh, misappropriated in your life. Uh, and then finally, if maybe you've heard this phrase before, but you're kind of confused by it, you don't really know about it, uh, then that's also okay. Uh, we are going to, um, we're all showing up this morning from lots of different places and lots of different spaces on an idea like that. So my hope today is that we'll try to get on the same uh, page or at least in the same chapter of the same book around this idea. So uh, let's first go to the scriptures uh, for this kind of zoomed out take. Uh, we see the work and the filling of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit all throughout the Old Testament. Uh, we looked at one last week, the story of Joseph, who Pharaoh said was so filled by the Spirit uh, that Pharaoh like didn't know what to do with him. He was so 
full of the Spirit. But the first time we see the phrase um, uh, about baptism in Spirit is in the very beginning of the Gospels. In fact, we actually see it in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, not every story happens in every Gospel. And so when all four are telling um, the same thing, those are times that it's like, ooh, Let's look at this. Like, let's take a better look at this. In Mark 1, I'll read it out of Mark. I won't read it out of all four, but Mark 1 has John the Baptist, and he's talking, and he says, Someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Uh, then uh, the, the idea comes up again in our gospel text today out of John 16, uh, which Chad actually preached about a couple of weeks ago for Pentecost. Uh, and Jesus, he's talking about his own leaving and, uh, and that when he leaves, the spirit will come. The spirit will come and, will, uh, and, and, and Jesus' followers will be able to receive the spirit, be filled uh, by the spirit who will bring conviction and comfort and fill us with truth. And then uh, the rest of the New Testament writers, they speak often of this filling, this baptism with the Spirit. In Acts 1, Luke quotes Jesus at his ascension, telling his followers, in a few days you will be baptized by the Spirit. And then in Acts 2 at Pentecost, a few days later, the Holy Spirit arrives and everyone is baptized in the Spirit. In Acts 8, when Philip is doing ministry to the Samaritans, Acts uh, 10 in this amazing story about Peter and Cornelius. Uh, we then see again in Acts 19, um, baptism in the Spirit as Paul ministers to the church at Ephesus. Uh, baptism in the Spirit, it's a very biblical, very New Testament idea. And so um, for thousands of years, the church has wrestled with what it really means. Uh, like many things, the mystery around terms like baptism and spirit um, have led to different ideas, different practices, different doctrines, different theologies around this phrase. For example, uh, many, uh, the majority of Pentecostals uh, uh, like this sweet high school girl experience uh, uh, that, that met with Sarah and I. Um, there's a lot of experience there about um, a baptism of the Spirit, uh, sort of like a second stage or a second work of the Spirit after you become a Christian. So at your conversion, when you um, accept Jesus into your heart, that's something after that uh, would happen that most often looks like speaking in tongues or an endowment of power. Um, in more liturgical traditions, there's also a baptism of the Spirit. Uh, like in Catholicism, um, the baptism of the Spirit is also a two-stage initiation in Catholicism as well. Um, baptism happens not um, at your ba baptism of the Spirit doesn't happen at your baptism. It happens at your uh, confirmation, and it comes with the laying of hands um, by the bishops and the church. Um, and it's like a full acceptance into the church, a recognition of a strengthening and an equipping and empowering for service to the church. And um, in the majority of evangelical churches, uh, baptism in spirit is most often not taught as a, a two-part thing, a two-time initiation, but a, a one-time occurrence that happens at conversion where the Holy Spirit acts like a co-agent uh, with Christ. When you accept Jesus in your heart, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Lots of different takes, uh, lots of different ways. And then there's plenty of, of churches and practices where it just isn't taught or talked about at all. Um, that being said, Lots of people who love Jesus and who love the Bible see this really differently. Uh, and, and if you don't hear anything else that I say this morning, I hope you'll hear this. Uh, there are loads of people who love Jesus and who love the scriptures, who see things differently, and that is okay. 
It's okay. One of my great hopes for our church in general is that we would be a community where we can sit with mercy and humility uh, and great love in the middle of things that we disagree about. Uh, our hope, our, our list of things that we'll break bread with another person about is very small. Um, sorry, that was for free. But okay, back to this. So the wide view of baptism in spirit is full uh, of lots of different thoughts, lots of different opinions, lots of different theologies. And I think there's a little bit of all of them um, that that really tell a really good story, a really good narrative. So I want to narrow our look just a little bit and teach what I believe and I would argue uh, is a very vineyard uh, way of teaching baptism in spirit. So uh, three quick th- or two of the quick thoughts before we jump in. Um, first, well, I think there's room for different flavors and different opinions and different thoughts on this. I don't want that to translate um, to me saying uh, or or to maybe you hearing that this isn't important Um, because I don't think that. what We're talking about this today because I think it's incredibly important. Uh, I really do think baptism and spirit matters. I think the Father has something deeper uh, and wider for us based on our conversation today. Um, And then the second thing is um, though there is so much room for disagreement and interpretation, we also have to acknowledge uh, that there um, in that there's potential for damage and harm in some of the ways that the church has taught this. Uh, and I could give loads of examples, but I'll, I'll use the one from the story I told earlier of, of me sitting with this girl who experienced so much shame in her relationship with Jesus based on um, what she believed about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So with those in mind, um, I think it's important to note that in the scriptures, the scriptures we looked at, all the other ones that talk about this, um, it's always baptism in the spirit or baptism with the spirit, not baptism of the spirit. Um, that little tiny word of versus in and with doesn't seem like it would be important, but it, it really is important because a little tiny word like of uh, changes what is an active phrase uh, to a more passive or a past tense phrase, something that happened, something that only happens once. Instead of of, the scriptures talk of us being baptized in or being baptized with the Spirit. Uh, the, spirit, the scriptures do not talk about baptism and spirit as a one-time thing. They speak of spirit and baptism like it is a past, present, and continual work of God in our lives. A past, present, and continual experience. The scriptures, they present baptism of the spirit as something we might always have access to again and again and again and again. Baptism and spirit, they're active It's a both and kind of thing. It both happened once and continues to happen. Uh, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, our text that we read earlier today, that we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Baptized by Jesus into the exact same spirit, filled up and continually empowered by that same spirit. And it isn't that this experience is what saves us. This experience isn't what makes us a real Christian or a full Christian or a a full church member. Rather, it is this experience that gives us access into something more of God and into something more of the work of the kingdom. Uh, This is important. I believe that the scriptures teach that every single person who has repented and turned toward Jesus has been baptized with the Spirit of God. Not, it's not a second thing or a second work that I believe. We, we all have the same spirit. We all have access to the same spirit, all have access to the same power. The same fullness of God is indwelt in all of us. It isn't something that comes later. It's something that we have now. 
Every single follower of Jesus has been fully baptized uh, by the Spirit of God, in the Spirit of God, with the Spirit of God. But, and this is also really important, that doesn't mean that every single person who has repented and turned toward Jesus experiences the same level of awareness of the work and action of the Spirit in their lives and in their world, in our lives and in our world. Uh, Simon Ponsonby, who is um, a, a preacher in England that I love dearly, he wrote a book called More that I highly recommend. And he says this, he says, many evangelical Christians know biblically that they have been baptized in the Spirit, but they do not know it existentially. They are often strangers to the who and the why and the what of the Spirit. We might all believe that we have been indwelt uh, by God's Spirit, but we have different levels of awareness of what that means. We are all waking up in different ways to that. Here's an example. Maybe this will help. I'm stealing this uh, from Barbara Brown Taylor, uh, and so I think this helped me understand maybe this uh, in a deeper level. So take a breath. Close your eyes and just take a breath, like a deep breath, like... Okay, when you do this, when we breathe, I just took a breath and you just took a breath. When we breathe, we breathe in the same air. Even though we're online, we're still breathing in the same air. We have full access to the exact same air. If you study uh, earth science, you know that in our planet, under the veil of atmosphere uh, is all the air that has ever been. There's not new air. It's the same old ancient air that always has been here that keeps recirculating over and over and over and over again, which means every time we take a breath, we breathe in uh, what was before. Barbara Brown Taylor says it like this. I love this. She says, we, as we take a breath, we breathe brontosaurus breath and pterodactyl breath. We breathe air that has circulated through the rainforests of Kenya and air that has turned yellow with sulfur from Mexico City. We breathe the same air that Plato breathed and Mozart breathed and Michelangelo and not to mention Hitler. Every time we breathe, we take in what was once some baby's first breath or someone's dying last breath. We all took a breath. We all took in and breathed in the same air. But were you aware that you shared breath with dinosaurs or Mozart or whoever was in the same room with you uh, today? We all just took the same breath of the same air. We all had access to the same air, but we were not all aware of what that breath entailed. We've been talking about the Ruach Elohim for the last four weeks, the breath of God the Holy Spirit whom God has baptized us with and in or has breathed into us, filled us with. And we all have access to the same breath, the same spirit. But we aren't all aware of the depth and width and connection that that breath has to offer us. Baptism in the Spirit is the action word of a continual waking up to the work of the Spirit in us and all around us. It's momentary and seasonal. It's, it's all kinds of things and all kinds of ways and all kinds of reasons that we wake up uh, to more of it. It's a continued waking up to what we talked about last week of, of the power that we have access to through the Spirit, but also the ethics and character of the kingdom in that power that we're offered. It's a baptism. It's an immersion of spirit, a drowning in the love and mercy and character of God, a continued waking up to uh, comfort in him and conviction by him. 
And the truth is that we have all um, breathed in the breath of God as followers of Jesus, but we also are continually waking up to the fullness of the immersion of that spirit. Uh, We know biblically that we have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but uh, often there are places that we don't know it existentially, experientially in a way that empowers us and grows us and comforts us in conviction and character. Here's another example. Um, I am married to Daniel because we signed a document. Uh, My uncle married us. He signed it. We signed it. That declared us married before God and before the government. But I know that I am married to Daniel because of the love and communion and intimacy that we experience. Not so much because of the signed document. In fact, it would take me a really long time to find uh, that signed document in my house somewhere. But it would not take me very long at all to find Daniel. Uh, The paper that we signed once declared us married always before the government. It's how the government knows we're married. But I know we're married because of what we share, because of this continual growth of intimacy and love. Uh, Simon Ponsonby, to quote him again, he says, Many Christians know that they are baptized by the Spirit of God by pointing to the document by pointing to our baptism or the moment that we accepted Jesus in our hearts. Uh, But he says, he says, we have the document, but we've never been on the honeymoon. (laughs) Baptism in the Spirit is a lifelong invitation into the honeymoon, to a greater love and intimacy, an invitation to access everything that we have in Christ. It's a continual invitation to do something deeper and wider, and honestly, something a lot wilder than we expected. Uh, a continual invitation into uh, more, more of what we already have. Uh, There's an Anglican priest named David McInnes, and he calls baptism in the Spirit being baptized with your baptism. Or there's a, uh, it's a a continued baptism in what you have already been baptized in. Or there's a, there's a Keswick, uh, the Keswick Christians, they call it uh, possessing one's own possession. Possessing what you already have. Baptism in the Spirit is essentially continuing to access what you already have inside you. Not some new and outside thing that you suddenly get, but access and uh, but the access and the experience of what is already within you, what is already yours in Jesus. It's not a second act that you didn't have access to before. Rather, it is a deeper experience of the fullness of what is already in you. Life in the Spirit. Uh, Living a spirit-filled life means that you uh, become more and more and more of what you already are, of what God already declared uh, you to be. John Stott calls this a deeper, fuller, richer experience of God, the God you already know who already lives in you. You are indwelt by the Spirit at the time of salvation, but there is before you an invitation to access what is accessible to you in deeper ways uh, continually all throughout your life, a continual filling of the fullness of Christ, the breath of God. And so uh, I believe baptism and Spirit are something that we keep asking for more and more and more of. It's not just a one-time thing or a one-time experience. It's not just speaking in tongues or getting healed or being confirmed at your church. or, or That's not all that God is offering in the world. It's, it's not just a one-time thing, but rather it comes from the active formation of our souls. So last question, how do, how do we do it? <laughs> How do we continue to be baptized? How do we um, continue to get baptized with our baptism or possess our possessions? How do we access more of the Spirit? Uh, I think in two ways. One, uh, we ask. We ask for more. 
Uh, the vineyard is known globally for a very simple, as our denomination vineyard, for one simple prayer. Uh, it is this, come Holy Spirit. We ask. And then the second thing is, uh, we follow Jesus in the active formation of our souls. Through disciplines like prayer and studying and giving and holiness and solitude. And it comes through uh, ministry, corporate prayer, having people pray for you and you praying for others, allowing people to lay their hands on you and ask. Uh, it comes through self-denial. We hate this as Americans, but like uh, fasting and dying to our own desires of things that are destroying us. That is like prime fertile ground for the Holy Spirit to move and to fill us up. Simply put, how do we get more of God? How, how do we access more of what we already have? We ask God for more, and we practice our faith actively. And we do all of this expectantly, as if he will, as if he wants to, as if there's more to have. Uh, so we're going to do that. We're going to take a few minutes, and, uh, and I'm just going to bless this in you, and my hope is you will take minutes now and later, and that we can just together ask God uh, for more. And if you're wondering, what does it feel like? How, how do I know? Uh, what, what is it like? What are the facts of this experience? It's, it's a little different for everyone. It's a little different all the time. Sometimes um, it, it's wild, like shaking or crying or laughing or healing or speaking in tongues. or, or the, uh, all, all, Those are all things that come from the filling of God's Spirit. And then sometimes it's really quiet. It's like this holy inward, like someone poured a bucket of water over you that feels like more love and more comfort than you have ever known before. Like a big waking up to how wide and deep God's love for you and for his world uh, is. This is how Barbara Brown Taylor describes it. I think it's awesome. So I'm going to let use her words. She says, here's how you know uh, when the spirit is, is, is actively filling you. Whenever two plus two does not equal four, but five. Whenever you find yourself speaking with an eloquence you didn't know you had or offering forgiveness that you had not meant to offer. Whenever you find yourself taking risks you thought you did not have the courage to take or reaching out to someone you had intended to walk away from, you can be pretty sure that you are learning about the gospel of the Holy Spirit. And more than that, you are taking part in it, breathing in and breathing out, taking God into you and giving God back into the world. So let's take a minute and pray and bless what's happening, uh, and then we'll come to the table together. So we say, calm Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you will um, fill us, that you will wake us up um, to who you are and who you're calling us to be in a greater and deeper level than even five minutes ago. I pray that you um, would wake us up to what we have access to. Um, wake us up to the baptism uh, that we have already been baptized in, to possessing what we already own. I pray that we would start to see ourselves and start to see the world as you do. I think that's part of your baptism is, is learning to see us and learning to see the world as you see it. And I pray that you would fill us, immerse us, baptize us, drench us in more love than we have ever known or understood by you. In your name we pray. Amen.